Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. And good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio. Today is Saturday, May 5th, 2018, and we thank you for taking the time on a Saturday evening to listen live. And we also thank you in advance tonight if you are listening uh, perhaps later to the show through a replay broadcast, so we appreciate it very much. I'm Alan Smith, along right here with Donna Smith, and and we're very glad you could join us for one of the, really the, one of the most important shows I think we've had in the 11 years we've been on Blog Talk Radio. Man, Donna, 11 years, really, huh? Yeah, it's a long time. Man, that flew by. 11 years here, so tonight's show is entitled Stop the Full-Blown Attack on Driver Wages in FAA Bill. Now, I know it may all sound a little dramatic, but I, I honestly believe it is that urgent. And, and our goal is to present the facts here tonight on the show and hopefully pass on that urgency to drivers. So, uh, so let's, get, let's get started. Let's just jump right in. Now, a lot of this will be reiteration. Uh, you know, you've heard this before, but... You'd be surprised how many drivers that Don and I hear from who write or call up even and and say, you know, what's the denim amendment? I've never even heard of it. So uh, you might hear some of this a little bit, for, but for those new listeners tuning in, uh, we'll just kind of reiterate it a little bit. Um, a, piece, a piece of legislation affecting driver wages has been allowed to slip into major legislation five times uh, going either unnoticed or considered irrelevant to uh, to many professional drivers, I think. So, although this uh, although the legislation has failed to become law, the last five times it's been introduced, uh, this time it it has a better shot, and we'll uh, we'll discuss why during the show. But this time the uh, the anti wage provision is in the Federal Aviation Administration reauthorization bill. And if if, uh, professional drivers don't act now, I believe, realizing the seriousness and the repercussions that can result from this new federal law, the long-term effects 
uh, I think could just be shattering and not to mention demoralizing to professional truckers. So uh, to reiterate a little bit, what what is this really awful piece of legislation? And of course, we're talking about the Denim Amendment, and that is a provision which has been lobbied hard by the ATA and is included in the most recent bill, the 2018 Federal Aviation Administration Reauthorization Bill. And now here's why the Denim Amendment has gone relatively unnoticed for the last two years, I think, and um, what it could really mean for professional drivers if it's allowed to remain in the FAA reauthorization bill. One, one reason it's gone unnoticed, I believe, is when the Denim Amendment was introduced, it was released as an anti-meal and rest break provision, which would preempt states from forcing carriers from paying the drivers for rest breaks and allowing a meal break. And now certain states have these old labor laws, they've been around for decades, in order to protect employees, especially piecework wage employees, like professional drivers, as we know, most get paid by cents per mile. And because of, because of the wording mill and rest break, I think most drivers just didn't pay attention to this amendment for a few more other reasons. First, they said, I think many just thought, well, that doesn't affect me because I don't go through those states. Now, these states with the labor laws, Donna, don't have them all off the top of my head, but I know California, Oregon, uh, Washington, um, you know, there's there's a few that require this 10-minute um, rest break. Yeah, I think. Uh, that, that I, doesn't require, it offers, it requires the carriers to offer the rest break. The drivers are not um, forced to take it. They can waive the break, but the carriers, um, they have to pay them the 10 minutes. Right. But anyway, I won't. Yeah, and I think, you know, Kentucky, Nevada, you know, we'll get into that as we go along. But so I think a lot of drivers just thought, well, I don't go through these states, so, you know, this meal and rest break provision thing doesn't bother me. And uh, other reasons I think that maybe they just uh, didn't pay much attention to it is the, the ATA and their counterparts were really sharing false information stating that the Denim Amendment is needed so that drivers would be no longer be forced off the road and made to stop and rest for 10 minutes every four or five hours. Of course, we're talking about these states. But the truth is, drivers are not forced to take these rest breaks, but the motor carriers have to pay them for the 10 minutes. So here's the other fact I think that was omitted by the proponents of the Denim Amendment, and the most important one was the fact that these states also protect employees by asserting that employers must pay those employees for all time worked. And for a driver, that means detention time among you know all the other non-driving work that we know that they perform. And the ATA and their counterparts did not tell drivers that the Denim Amendment would preempt all of these state labor laws, creating a federal wage law that would make it so that drivers would only legally have to be paid for the miles they drive. Any other work that they did, it's gone, just wipe it out. And I think another reason the Denim Amendment went unnoticed was that it was not a clear-cut definition of what it was. In other words, when there's new rules or legislation about ELDs, uh, HOS, um, 
speed limiters, DOT medicals, uh, sleep apnea, or most anything else, the topic is clear and precise, and drivers pay attention, and they get involved. But when the Denim Amendment was introduced, drivers heard the words preempt states meal and rest break allowances for interstate drivers. So not one red flag went up to drivers. The ATA meal and rest break smoke screen worked, I think. Now, does that make sense, Donna? Yeah, absolutely, because, um, you know, they weren't going to announce, okay, the Denim Amendment, we no longer have to pay you any more than your cents per mile. So um, all this, you know, uh, wage uh, discussion for detention time, we won't have to legally pay you for it. I mean, they couldn't put the Denim Amendment up like that. So it was presented as um, meal and rest break because they didn't want to uh, pay the the meal and the well you don't get paid for meal breaks they just have to uh offer you your meal break and they don't even drivers don't even have to take those and they have to offer a 10 minute rest break which like you said uh the drivers can waive um but they will get paid for their 10 minutes and you figure if they do that twice a day 20 minutes times 5 that's 100 minutes a week of extra pay on top of their mileage pay. And I don't know if you're getting into tonight, you know, how it all started and everything, but... um, We're going to try. Okay. Well, then I'll... Well, go ahead. (laughs) So so basically what drivers didn't know, I think, were the underlying effects of the Denim Amendment and what those effects would actually be, specifically on their ability to modernize the way they are paid, especially the call for being paid for all time. So by preempting state laws and replacing them with federal law in the FAA reauthorization bill, drivers would then be at the mercy of the carrier. Uh, The Denim Amendment, it's an amendment which will basically ensure that motor carriers will not be obligated to pay drivers anything more than their piecework wages, no matter how many hours they work, and yes, it's all hidden behind the words meal and rest break. So now let me say states' rights are something which Don and I really believe strongly in. Federal law, I think, should not preempt state law, and the Denim Amendment will basically ensure that motor carriers will be in total control of a driver's method of wage payment and not be legally challenged or obligated to pay drivers anything more than, than their miles driven. So the Denim Amendment has been lobbied hard by the ATA, and it is one of ATA's number one goals, actually, to achieve. So that should tell every driver something about why they should call uh, their senators right now and tell them to vote no. So tonight, we'll be expanding on this provision as well as uh, go over the recent House vote on the Denim Amendment, and we'll review who voted for the amendment and sided with the ATA and who voted against it and sided with the truckers and what it means as the amendment moves on to the Senate now. So we'll discuss the timeline and next steps of the Denim Amendment and how it stands in the Senate bill, which is S-1405, which, by the way, is supposed to be voted on this month or maybe possibly next month in June. So it's actually it's really our goal to attack this Denim Amendment head-on 
target the Senate by contacting them and lobbying so that this anti-trucker wage language is not included in the 2018 FAA reauthorization bill. So uh, we also want to take a break down uh, the actual wording of the amendment. So stick with us, and uh, there's a lot to go over. I see every the listeners on the line. Appreciate you tuning in. Donna, I understand we have a special listener out of Mexico oh, yeah. we'd we, like to say hello yeah, to, right? I want to say ho, a hello to him, and uh, thanks for tuning in tonight. So if you're listening tonight and want to be a part of the show, call in at 347-826-9170. Press 1 on your keypad, and that will notif- notify me you want to come on the show. It will put you in the queue. So hang with us, and we'll take a quick break from one of our trusted sponsors. Be right back, and we'll get this ball rolling. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. And uh, Donna, you know, we've had... We've gotten a lot of drivers' calls some about questions, you know, trying to get this thing straight. It's a very complicated issue, really. Really, it is. And I think some of the questions we can go over, we'll get to some of the callers. But one of the biggest questions, some of the questions was, you know, it went to the House for the vote, and it passed, and people were still kind of confused about some kind of things. And, the, you know, was the FAA with the Denim Amendment passed in the House on April 26th? So, the answer was yes, and the vote was 222, voted for the Denim Amendment, <clears throat> and sided with the ATA, while 193 voted against the amendment and sided with the truckers. So what's interesting is out of the 222 who voted for the Denim Amendment, 217 were Republicans and five were Democrats. So I got to wondering, well, how can, how do they consider this a bipartisan bill? So we did a little digging and searching. So it's because two of the only five Democrats who voted with the ATA and for the amendment sponsored it with Jeff Denham this time. 
So it was brought up in the House vote as a denim Kular Costa amendment. I don't know if that's how you pronounce the guy's name, but really don't care. And some of the other was, well, so what What happens now? It, it, it went to the House, it passed. So what happens now in the Senate? And, and by the way, you know, the Senate has its own version of the FAA bill, this S-1405. So what happens now that it goes to the Senate this month or maybe even next month? The Senate could either do one of three things. The current 2017 Senate bill is very different than the recent House bill that was just voted on. So three things that we see that could happen in the Senate now. Number one, which would be the absolute worst thing that could happen, is that the Senate could take a vote on the House bill that was already passed with the Denim Amendment. And again, this, this would be terrible as a bill as a whole has bipartisan support, and there would be no opportunity to kill the amendment except to vote down the whole bill or have a presidential veto. Does that make any sense, Donna? Yeah, and, I mean, that's the one we really have to That's the one we don't want. And and I just want to say, you know, people were very confused after the House passed the bill. They thought it was now law. So, you know, making it clear again, I know you're, you're making it clear right now by explaining the Senate and everything, but everybody who's listening, just because it passed in the House, you know, it is not law. It's not law until it goes to the Senate, and then they have a vote. And if it does get to reconciliation, um, then it could be even struck down there. So it's all depending on the proactive nature of all the drivers. So I just want to say that, um, but I I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's okay. Yeah, and that that was the importance of our last show, our blogs, everything that we're doing, because it really, you know, we we try to get the information out and – it's really, it's really up to the drivers. You, you want to kill this thing or you want to uh, jeopardize your ability to negotiate your wages in the future or for those future truckers coming up. It's not all, always about me, me. It's the other generation of truckers coming up. Anyway, that's the first thing. That's the one thing that could happen. The Senate could look at the, at the House uh, Denim Amendment and say, yeah, okay, good enough. We'll go along with it. That's not what we want. The second thing that could happen is uh, the Senate could take a vote on the FAA reauthorization bill that passed the committee but hasn't been voted on by the full Senate. And I'm not sure if that bill has a Fisher Fisher Amendment in it or not. Do you know, Donna? Well, initially when when it came out, it did have a Fisher Amendment in it. And and what that was, it was – it was from uh, a, a senator, I, I, I think it's from Nebraska, but I'm not 100% positive, Deb Fisher. And the wording was very similar to the Denim uh, Amendment, which is in the House bill. Now, when we went in and looked over at S-1405, it, it didn't show the Fisher Amendment. Um, that's not to say it's not there. We don't know. But... We're going to be finding out next week, um, hopefully by Monday, what exactly, uh, what amendments are exactly in um, the Senate um, uh, FAA bill. So we will find that out. Um, But anyway, uh, if if it's not there, then 
then we're going to target uh, the Senate committee members to vote against any such language or amendment in the committee. And, and it just it's going to take just phone calls and lobbying, and um, hopefully we have someone who's going to help us and go to Washington uh, to explain this. So um, we're really, we're really um, dedicated to having this language removed from the final FAA bill, whether it, it's stricken from the Senate, uh, reconciliation, or whatever the, the case may be. But it, it's going to take a lot of work. Okay. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're not interrupting. You're part of the show. So uh, that's the second thing that could happen. The third thing, which is what we hope will happen, is the Senate would write a new FAA reauthorization bill that would then go to, oh, you just said, kind of said that, go mm-hmm. to reconciliation with a House bill. And so that would give us a chance to, again, fight against the denim language being included. Uh, so those, those are the three things that we're kind of looking at, you know, so what happens now that it goes to the Senate, and those are the things. And, again, Donna, like you said, it, it just really boils down to, it's kind of back. It's really back in the hands of the drivers. Hey, you want to get involved? You want to stop this thing? Uh, now's the time to do it. And and to all the um, OIDA members listening, um, they recently uh, put their own call to action out against this. Also, so um, you know you can go to their website also, and they have a a page on it. And if you go to askthechucker.com, there's like uh, a ton of articles all about it. You just click on trucking news and and scroll down and, and you can read all about what's going on here. Um, but there's a lot of support against the Denim Amendment. Um, the Teamsters, um, the AAJ, and the safety groups, I mean, everybody's against it because it's a horrible, horrible amendment. And people understand this. And it's been hidden um, the ATA has been able to hide the true intent of this amendment by that meal and rest break smokescreen. So um, I think drivers are actually uh, catching on now that, that this is pretty, pretty horrible. So uh, uh, I know some people, you know, they go and they read the amendment and um, and they you know, they read it, and it's so vague because it'll go, you know, go to paragraph three and line two, and they're actually referring you back to the uh, 1994 um, FAA uh, bill, the original 1994 bill. So the amendment isn't totally clear when you, you know, click on it and look at the PDF and what it says, and they're like, well, I don't see where it says that. But um, I know Pat Hockaday, I think he might be on the line tonight, he he wrote a uh, a great article. Um, I don't have it up in front of me now, I, I, I think. Yeah, some, he, he, did, he did some great research on that. And he, uh, he broke it down. And um, is he on the line tonight? I think so. I think I recognize his there. In fact, yeah. I got several hands up. So we can. You want to just let's just yeah. Start. Let's bring Pat on so he can um, talk about breaking it down in simple terms. And um, I mean, I have I have his, his what he has on his 
article right in front of me. I don't know if he does, but, you know, I can go ahead and just bring him on. Okay. Well, is that area code 901, you remember? No, he's uh, 512. Uh, oh, oh, is he? Okay, I've got it all mixed up. Well, he was the first one on uh, 512, then I have Iowa 319, and then 901. Let me just pull them each up here individually. So everybody, uh, everybody's online. Uh, hey Pat, how's it going? You're on, you're on the air here. I'm good. I'm having a hard time talking, so I'm, I've got to speak softly. I hope you can hear me. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, we can hear you fine. Let me open up the other line just so there, so we're all just kind of included here. Iowa area code three one nine. Welcome to the show. Who's this? This is Michael. Hey Michael. Oh, hey Michael. All right, and we have Tennessee, area code 901. Let me open that one up. Uh, okay, there you are. Welcome to the show. Who's this? This is Jerry. Jerry Fred. Hey, Jerry. All right, Jerry. Okay, got everybody. Uh, let me scroll down through here. Scroll down. Okay. Uh, okay, let's look. Everyone else is listening. All right, Pat, uh, go ahead, Donna. Pat was uh, doing the research, and then... Uh, we have Michael and Jerry. Y'all, y'all mics are open too as well. But um, Pat, you did some re- real good research on this, really breaking down the denim amendment. You kind of want to uh, share that with everybody tonight? You know, I'd like to go back to the beginning. When I was a second-year driver in 1990, it, the writing was on the wall. We were going to have electronic logging devices. Now, of course, Werner came out with theirs in 95, 96, but, but you know, I, I, I hate to say it, this is the way of the world, electronics. Um, if I order something off the Internet, I get text messages, emails telling me the status of my order, when it's going to show up at my porch. This is something customers expect. Now, you throw in the, the, the management, I mean, you know, the ability to manage your trucks with an ELD. You throw in uh, your fuel taxes, how you can lump all this stuff in here. The ELD is a management tool. It is, it is used to make money, and you make money by saving money, okay? So we should have seen this coming. The ATA saw it coming. The ATA started in 2000 in the California courts trying to alter law in preparation for the ELD. The ELD is a time clock. It tracks your time and movement. It knows that you're where you're supposed to be at, doing what you're supposed to be doing. Okay? So the fear from the ATA trucking carriers, you know, oh, geez, they're going to start, they're going to want to get paid by the hour. We've got to shut this down. Right, because they knew, well, well, let's just, let me just just reiterate what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah. well, they understood that these labor laws were in these states that, um, you know, made the employers pay for all time, all work time, and it was targeted for those uh, employees with piecework wages because they saw the possibility of employees being exploited. So the fact that they saw the writing on the wall, hey, if we have an ELD, it's going to show that this driver was detained for 2, 4, 6, 10 hours whatever, and we're going to we're going to have to end up paying for them if we don't uh, paying them for this time if we don't 
you know, put an end to this. I think that's what you're saying, Pat. Am I correct? Yes, exactly. So the ATA has this agenda. Like I say, they started back in California with the California Trucking Association trying to alter California law, took it to the California courts, then it went to the Ninth District Court, and they keep losing. So now, if you remember, Denim first came out, the 2015 FAST Act, and it was Part A and Part B. Part B specifically had wording in it specific to peace workers, mileage pay. Well, I think that was a decoy. I think they knew that was going to get thrown out, and it did. It got thrown out. So when you dig deep into Part A, it's hidden in there. It's got the same wording as Part B had. That they're 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 trying to make piecework wages the only, well, the accepted way of paying drivers. Okay, and it just goes from there. Well, so, here, let me let me read to you. I mean, I don't know if you have this in front of you or not. Do you? Where yes, it says ma'am, A. I do. Okay. So why don't you just read Part A, and then the explanation of Part A, then we can go to two or however you want to do it. Because there was controversy about, well, I don't see it in the bill. Where is it? And, um, and when you, when you wrote about it, you know, we were glad to see that you uh, broke it down. So go ahead. Let's just read it and break it down right now. Okay. Well, also remember, I spent like five days going through the entire amendment piece by piece. This is how in-depth it gets. And right. it's even even this simple Part A is, is kind of difficult to get around. So I broke Part A into two pieces, okay? So Section 1, a state political subdivision of a state or political authority of two or more states may not enact or enforce a law, regulation, or other provision having the force and effect of law prohibiting employees whose hours of service are subject to regulation by the Secretary under Section 31502 from working to the full extent permitted or at such times as permitted under Section. Wow. How do you make heads or sense out of that? So I translated it. Just just break it down simple. The states cannot prohibit employee interstate drivers from working to the full extent of the hours of service. This means that if a state's labor code requires the carrier to make paid breaks available to the drivers, it will not apply to employee interstate drivers operating in the state. Rest breaks would, in effect, prevent these drivers from working to the full extent permitted. Denim makes it appear that interstate and intrastate drivers will be unaffected. This is not so. Okay, no. there's there's uh, one way for sure that I know of, and possibly and, uh, po- and possibly two other ways that they can get around this. But but let's go with what our legal team told us. If a driver who operates in California and he's he's 
30, you know, three and a half months he's been in California only, and then they send him to Phoenix, Arizona, and back. Now that driver is an interstate driver for the next four months. So all they even and what 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 he's saying is even if he goes only one time in four months and crosses state line, he is now considered interstate. You only have to go once every four months, and that would wipe out his uh, meal and rest break, even though he's an interstate driver. So really, this Denim Amendment's uh, goal is to relieve carriers in all state to preempt, totally preempt state uh, labor laws so that um, drivers are only paid for the miles they drive. But go ahead, Pat. I don't really want to hit on the other two because I haven't had legal counsel on it, but, but let me hit on FAA. Remember, FedEx was a trucking company before it was an air freight company. So FedEx is both a ground transportation and an air freight company. There are air freight laws that apply to the ground freight section of FedEx. Same with U.S. Mail. Okay, So there's overlapping things here. And that could possibly be another area that would disqualify a driver from being an intrastate driver, okay? And the third one I won't even go into. I need to verify that. Okay, well, getting so, into part two of that um, on the Denim Amendment of what it says, it says, or imposing any additional obligations. I think this is a key, a key part of it, right? Do you have that in front cool. of you, Pat? Right. Yes, ma'am. So I cut the sentence in half. So uh, full extent permitted or at such times as permitted under section or imposing any additional obligations on motor carriers if such employees work to the full extent or at such time as permitted under section, including any related activities under Part 395 of Title 49, Code of Federal Regulations. Mm-hmm. Number two translates to, and this is a simple translation here, and it goes deeper than this. The states, by law, cannot tell the carriers that they must pay employee interstate drivers anything greater than the federal minimum wage for all combined hours logged on duty not driving and driving on average. Furthermore, the carrier need not pay an employee driver who was on standby as they were logged off duty per 395.2, paragraph 4, sentence I. That last sentence has to do with detention time. The carrier need not pay an employee driver who was on standby. Drivers, whether you believe it or not, when you are at a, a shipper receiver, you are on standby. You are in readiness to perform work. You are waiting, and waiting is your job. It is your job to wait, okay? So that's why this is important. This basically knocks out your ability to be paid detention time unless the carrier, out of the goodness of their hearts, wants to pay it. Okay. Now, California has labor code specific to peace workers, and 
that's called non-production time. And if your appointment's 8 o'clock in the morning, you get there at 8 o'clock, you leave at noon, that's four hours non-production time. Now, the way California code is written, it must be paid at no less than California minimum, minimum wage, $10.15 an hour. The key thing about this is you do not have to be logged on duty, not driving, to collect your non-production time. That's key. We saw the FMCSA. Senator Cory Booker tried to get into the, the FAST Act. And even Pete DeFazio some years back in the Grow America Act were all calling for drivers to be paid detention time at no less than the federal minimum wage, but they had to log on duty, not driving, to be eligible for that pay. Well, trucker math, simple. Uh, 40 cents a mile, 60 miles an hour, that's $24 an hour. Why am I going to throw away drive time? For detention pay, that's only paying me $7.25 an hour. So this doesn't work. Okay, now, if we go to February 27th, um, uh, 2012, I think it was, Ann Farrow is issued a director's um, a, a objective, I guess is what you call it. They basically changed the rule for um, – um, um, it's 395.2, when you should have to be logged on duty, okay? So it goes something like this. All time spent as a shipper receiver on the carrier's premises, uh, waiting for dispatch, that's all time that you're supposed to log on duty. Well, the Anfero, uh, the administrator's directive said this. Okay, a driver who is resting in a parked CMV does not can log that as off duty, okay? And that has been adopted into 395.2. That's that um, uh, that I read a minute ago, uh, paragraph four, line line I, whatever. So what happens now? I'm at a shipper and receiver. I'm going to log it off duty legally. Remember, before this administrator's directive, that would have been illegal for me to log that time off duty. But now I can do it legally. So even if I'm on the loading dock working, I can still log off duty because nobody knows. The ELD doesn't follow me onto the loading dock. I, I lie. I cheat. Okay? And right. I do that to conserve my time so that I have more drive time so I can run more miles because I get paid by the mile. Okay, so we're we're shooting ourselves in the foot here. You're at work at the at the loading dock. It doesn't matter if you're logged off duty or on duty not driving. You are still per federal labor code. You are still engaged to wait, which is compensable time. Okay, Federal Labor Code, and I don't, I, I can't believe it's been deleted because I don't find any reference to it. But uh, 785.16 has a truck driver specific example: a driver who is waiting at or nearby while the truck is being loaded is engaged to wait. That is compensable time. So the way I see it, you're, you're supposed to be get paid for detention time per federal labor law 
and per California labor law. But that's what's scary about denim to me. Right there, is denim going to supersede not only state labor code, but supersede federal labor code as well? Because denim is kind of like a federal labor law specific to drivers. Remember, right. it's exactly drivers, what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Drivers are a separate category. We stand out in the Fair Labor Standard Act. We are the only occupation that is exempted from overtime. So we're kind of already in a class all by ourselves. So now so not only exempted from a little bit. Not only exempted from overtime, it would also mean um you only you still only get paid for the miles you drive and no one is obligated to pay you anything other than that. And so now it's a double whammy. You've got the um FLSA and now a new federal wage law for drivers. So um, if it passes, if it, if it passes, if it passes, right. And that's what we're trying to stop. I had to, uh, I had to mute, I had to mute Michael and Jerry because I just get too much feedback. Uh, but uh, Pat, you're still up here. I just want to give them a little chance here. Uh, uh, Michael, if I, I got might you. might finish out. Just let me yeah, finish out one second. Yeah. Let's go back to the Fair Labor Standard Act. Um, I'm hearing drivers say all the time, we need to be paid overtime. You know what? That doesn't mean you're going to get any overtime. The carriers are going to cheat you out of that just like they're cheating you out of money right now. So let's go back to the Fair Labor Standard Act. All, all time given to the employer is to be paid. After the first 40 hours, you are to be paid time and a half. Now, here's an example. A truck driver leaves Dallas. This is 1940, mind you. A truck driver, his helper, leave Dallas. They go to Memphis. They offload. They reload. They come back to Dallas. That's four days. Four days, 96 hours. Now, are we going to pay them 40 hours plus 56 hours overtime for four days' work? Or do we exempt them from overtime, and now they get 96 hours flat? 96 hours, people. That's 12 days' pay in four days. Truck drivers made good money. Mm -hmm. Fair Labor right. Standard Act, Section 207G, outlines the provisions for piecework pay. Every driver out there being paid piecework wages right now agreed to it that's the way it's you have to agree to be paid piecework wages well with the eld and all this other stuff i mean time has value we're seeing it more and more every day we're having to put you know for scheduling appointments pick up and delivery a 500 mile run could take two days to do by the time you get schedules made this that and the other well, 500 miles for two days, you can't live off that. 900 miles for three days, you know, come on. Your time has value, but the APA through Denim is setting the stage so that the next step will be you won't be able to even get paid for your time. It's going to be hard. If this goes through, we're going to have to fight it with another federal labor law that supersedes this. It's the only way we're going to beat it. And 
you're not going to see this in your paycheck immediately if denim goes through. What you're going to see is a continuation of what's been going on for the past 20, 30 years. Drivers' wages are stagnant, going nowhere. Inflation keeps going up. Our wages stay the same. Well, I'll let somebody ugly. else in now. Yeah, we should. Uh, they should be making over a hundred grand, Alan. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, if they, if it followed along with with uh, with inflation, um, you know, it kind of I'll kind of touch on that if we uh, if we have time uh, toward the end of the show or something. Um, uh, okay, Pat. I'll I'll leave your I'll leave your mic open though. I want to get to uh, uh, Michael. Let's get Michael in here, and I think that's still Jerry down there. We'll try to get to Jerry. Um, uh, well, I don't know. Now I'm getting everybody mixed up. But Michael, uh, you know, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Welcome back to the show here. Yeah. How y'all doing this afternoon? Uh, Good. The problem that I see is credibility. The ATA has too much credibility. In Washington, that's one of the main problems. Because they they have deep pockets. They have deep pockets. What we're going to have to do, we're going to have to flood the Senate with phone calls constantly. Right. Now, my congressman, the last two times this gentleman amendment has come up, he voted no. I'm out of eye. I was very disappointed. Yes, I was very disappointed this time he voted yes. Congressman huh. Rob Blum, I called back his office and asked why he voted yes. I couldn't get a straight answer. By him doing that, he has lost my support. When his reelection come up next year, I will not be supporting him. Because I Same with us. In the face to working people. What was his name? To them. What Rob was his name? Blum. Rob Blum. How do you spell the last name? Iowa. Oh, Iowa. Oh, B-L-U-M. Okay. Yeah. okay, got it. Yeah, B-L-U-M. Uh, I have called Deb Fish's office. I had been talking with her about this the last two times before last time that this came up. She voted no. Seemed like she has turned her back, too. She has been a friend in the past to the trucking industry. I have called a number of congressmen and senators, and a lot of them I have talked to, besides Rob Blum and the other senator from Nebraska, Deb Fisher, everybody else that I have talked to voted no. But what I can see that we need to do, Pat was telling me that ELD, ELD of me is in with, with this now, too. I think that we need to Organize a protest in Washington and call at the ATA building and call them out because they do not represent us. We got to get that point across. They only represent their members, which is the mega carriers, and their interest is to make money and we make less. That's what it all boils down to. Well, yeah, exactly I, right. I think Jerry Jerry's on the line tonight. I think he mentioned something like that the last show. Uh, yeah, I've got Jerry up, and then we'll get the caller in uh, Florida nine oh four. I'm having to kind of mute because I get a lot of a lot of background noise. But Michael and Jerry, uh, uh, y'all are still up. Uh, but 
Uh, go ahead, Jerry. Right. Welcome to the show if you'd like to respond. I just wanted to say one thing to Michael, though. Michael, you said you're calling your senators, right? <clears throat> all yes, the I senators? call them all the time. I call, yes, yes. Okay. Well, Chuck here's Bradley the deal. Is a farm boy. Alan went okay. over in the beginning of the show uh, option two for the Senate, what their three options are. I think it's important for us to uh, contact not only our own senators, but the Senate Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee and to pounce on them uh, in particular in in addition to whatever senators you're going to call. That's the Senate Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee. So everybody listening, take note of that. And when you go online and look up Senate Bill 1405, is that it, Alan, 1405? Um, uh, I have to look over yeah. here. Yeah, 1405. I would like to add this. I think our best option is to try to get this the Senate to rewrite their own bill. And we got to keep talking about the Dale Fisher's bill, too, because they might try to ease that in at the last minute. We gotta right, and, and, and that's what we're working too. on. Because it's a little vague right now, and we need to find out, call up, and find out what exactly is in their bill. Because if you look up 1405, there's no amendments, and it's a totally different bill than the House FAA bill. So uh, whether they have the denim language in there, whether they have the Fisher language in there, it's the same anti-trucker wage language. And they need to be transparent with people when they call because people want to know. And from what we understood, somebody was saying that um, uh, Mitch McConnell has a um, big hand in this. So we might want to call him also, the, the committee plus him, and our own senators. I know our senator here in Florida is uh, one of the sponsors, so we'll definitely be calling him. Um, Bill Nelson uh, is is uh, is making some decisions on this. So, anyway, I just wanted to um, you know ad- address that since you're one of the proactive drivers who are calling calling the Senate, um, you might want to get a hold of that that committee. So, right. anyway, uh, well. I- well, before we move on, I'll, you know, I've been saying for a long time, small business truckers and own operators, we haven't got a fair shake out of Washington, period. Not one, not one, one old Ida, only one old Ida, and that's that we will be in trouble. We haven't got a fair shake. We don't even get a fair shake on the talk shows for trucking. We don't even get a fair shake with that. The ATAs only want their agenda, period. And we're going to yep. have to cut yep. them short some kind of way. we got to kill their credibility. That's got to be our main goal. Absolutely. Yep, totally agree. And that's what, <laughs> that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make, just get it out where this really is so important. Did you get some kind of message, Donna? Or? Um, yeah, no, I'm just checking my... Um, uh, my messages I'm getting. Okay. But. I think uh, 
I'm just kind of losing track of everybody on here. 901, I think you said, uh, was Jerry. Let me scroll down. We just got a bunch. Because I can't see the switchboard yet. Yeah, I know. I got it here. Jerry popped back up. Okay, okay Jerry, I think, you, I think you're there. Yeah, I'm going to go through the mountains in Montana here. I'll pull over the top. Here's what I'm okay. fearful of, another way of approaching this. Yeah. What they're turning this into, and I keep referring to everything goes to the Code of Federal Regulations 395. Yeah. Uh, they're turning this into labor orphans. I mean, once the CFR 40, uh, 395 was not created for a labor law, and yet they're trying to put us in a classification from now on, where does it begin and end? Is there workman's comp in here? Could there be other things that could affect us in the labor world that insurance attorneys could go back and say, oh, no, that goes to 395. That's a different labor law. And, you know, so some, the, way, the, you're right. You know, you're absolutely right. That's, yeah. that, you're right, Jerry. That's one of the arguments. Yeah. 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 Where does it begin and end? How do we define? I mean, you know, I've been hurt twice now. For people who don't think workers' comp is important, well, let me tell you this. Twice in my working life, it seriously affected me, and I worked my way off every time, too. So I'm not a deadbeat. But if I'm hurt here in Montana, they can do Montana workers' comp. If I'm hurt in Florida, it could be there. You'd be surprised how much they can kick you around already. And now attorneys could say, oh, no, no, the insurance, that's 395 You're covered under that. This is way right. too broad. Oh well, that's that what Peter DeFazio was saying. Yeah, yeah, he. I will, and I want to give a shout out to Peter DeFazio because the reason we were able to have a vote and talk about how many, you know, uh, break it down and Republicans, Democrats, who voted, who's against it, was because of Peter DeFazio because they had done. Um, uh, like an audible vote, you know, the yeas say yay, the noes say no, and they had yeah. called it for the yeas, and Peter DeFazio stood up and said, no, I want a roll call vote. And, you know, um, Jeff Denham was kind of like he couldn't believe there was going to be a roll call. But what that roll call vote did was it called everybody out who voted against truckers, and now there's a record of it. And we have the 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 PDF that um, we made to break it down on all the senators, um, not all the senators, all the congressmen who voted against truckers and voted with the ATA. So we know who they are now. And um, but I want to just thank him because he got up and he explained the whole thing right on the floor, and he pretty much did everything but call Jeff Denham a liar. I mean, in so many words, all the things you well, know. He was saying on the floor. Donna, he's lying. Any ATA is lying because it yes. says affects all drivers covered under 395 of the uh, whatever, the, the administrator. Hold on right. a second. They've made a special exemption for drivers working under collective bargaining. Hold on here a second. How come they're exempt? Right. I yeah. don't know why. Another, I'm, I'm I'm proud to team well the Teamsters, that's collective bargaining. So they have their own labor agreements. So this is targeted at everybody. So it's not everybody coming over. The Teamsters have a whole different they're gonna be exempted from this. Well, how well about wait a, a minute, guy who's wait a, a minute. Teamster one year and isn't the next. 
Alan, isn't it true the Teamsters are totally against this? Uh, yeah. I mean, so if they they're are exempt. totally against it. Well, and here's the reason why. Like it or not, the union thing, I'm 50-50 with it. I'm a retired Teamster, okay? Let me get that out there. The right. Teamsters set a standard. Well, the rest of us out here willing to work for nothing in our loading and unloading, we're, work, we're willing to work for subpar wages, that directly affects the Teamsters' ability to create a standard that could be effective for everybody. So, actually, what we agree to or what we're forced into affects the ability of the Teamsters to get a good collective bargaining agreement that actually sets a standard for the rest of us. But the collective bargaining is exempt from this. So it doesn't affect all truck drivers. How come they're saying they are? But the teachers well, no, are it, it, said, it, it yeah. specifically talks about piecework wages. But it's, it's just a, a positive thing that even though the Teamsters are exempt, they're still supporting. And, and, you know, I think a lot of drivers should take that as an example because so many, I don't know if you noticed this, but so many drivers, and, Alan, you must see it too, that if they'll complain about something that's going on in the industry and then write, oh, well, I don't have to go through that. I get paid well. In other words, well, the heck with all you, you know, that don't. Um, things are good for me, so I don't really care about you. And I think that's a well, really poor attitude to take. Because I know the that's about the Teamsters. The Teamsters absolutely know the rest of us willing to work 30 or 40% of our week for nothing, they know that's important to them because that affects their ability to get a good contract when industry can come along and say, well, here, here's the other 30 or 40% of the drivers in this business. They don't want to be right. paid for that. So why right. should we pay you? See right. what I mean? So the mm-hmm. Teamsters are very interested in this because, in fact, that's how the whole truckload thing came about. Let's go back to 1980. Prior to that, I know 95% of the drivers, 87% of the freight was moved under Teamster contract. That came right out of the media. After deregulation, there in all those jobs, I was paid for all the work I did. Driving, loading, unloading, drop, hook, detention, chain time. We were paid by the hour for everything we did that was not driving. Now, along comes deregulation. There's no union contract. You got drivers out here working for 10 cents a mile. Union contract was 32. Pick up any hourly pay was 13.15, which would be $35 an hour today, by the way. And oh, 32 cents a mile would be would be 88 cents a mile today. That's how much when we lost the union influence, the industry took away from us. And the Teamsters know that. So when we're out here willing to work for half the pay or no pay, that puts them in a situation that's hard to negotiate to even keep their hourly pay. Right. I, I get it. Right. Let me get a um, uh, – now, Pat and Michael, y'all uh, – I still have y'all mics open if y'all like to just jump in at their time. Let me grab this other caller okay. here. 
uh, area code uh, right here in Florida, area code 904. Thanks for holding. Welcome to the show. Who we got here? Hello, my name's Tim. How you doing this evening? Good. How are you? I'm good. I, I, first of all, let me preface. I'm based out of, out of the Jacksonville, Florida area. I pull a flatbed. I'm an independent carrier. I'm a one truck operation. Okay, and I've been I've been a I've been a trucker for 38 years. I've been an owner off since 1996, and I've been an independent for five. And I got a I got a, I got a different I got a whole different perspective from everything I've heard tonight. And I wanna I wanna say what I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. And this this denim act. Okay. I'm if if I'm understanding it right in a, in a nutshell. What what everybody's upset about, what everybody's got their shorts in a twist about, is they're wanting the government to come in and regulate in our industry something that we feel that is important to us, and that's our wages, right? Am, am I right there in a nutshell? That's what Denim would do, yes. Okay. That's what it will do. And now that it's been voted down, we're It hasn't been voted down yet. It hasn't okay, been voted so, down yet. So what? Okay. So if I'm understanding right, if it is voted down, then the regulation goes away that benefits our pay package, right? Right. Is, uh, is it, in other I'm words, understand? okay. Yeah. The okay, denim so amendment. I, I got that. Okay. So, so, so basically, so I'm understanding this correctly, is that the government, we're wanting the government to pass the denim act. To no. force carriers to pay us a certain way. Is that, no. Is that no. Here? no. 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 Okay. No. That's just reverse give, of just the, give way me the way readers. it is. That's no. The okay. denim, it's the reverse. The denim amendment locks in what exists right now. Okay. The denim amendment is same, same old, same old. Do not change it. It locks it in at a time okay. when we are seeing. That time has value. We can't count. Even the 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 carriers okay, I, know that, okay, that I, time I, time based. Okay. So I understand. Then locks I understand in all of wages. that. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. I understand all of that. Okay. Here's here's my here's my thoughts. Okay. I'm paid based on a load. Okay. The majority of the complaints that I hear out here, and I hear a lot of them. Based on drivers that work per mile, okay, the ELD is not our enemy, first of all. Our enemy is the HOS ruling, number one, and our second enemy is ourselves, okay? We, we as a driver, we as an industry, put ourselves in a position to where we don't value our worth. Okay, we should be paid based on our worth, not what we can do. And what I mean by that is, if you're willing to get out here and run for 35 or 45 or 50 cents a mile, then that's what you signed on the dotted line with whatever carrier you're pulling for. Now, my my position is, you don't haul by the mile. You haul by the percentage. In other words, the carriers are making a killing out here. Because I'm making a killing. I'm telling you right now, I made, in, 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 in two months, in, in March, 
I'm sorry, in February and March, I made more gross receipts than I did in January, February, and March of the previous 15 years. Okay? Let me finish my thought, okay? If you're willing to get out here and work for whatever you sign on the dollar line, okay, you have the ability to say, no, I want to go work for somebody else that's willing to pay me and compensate me for what I'm willing to do. Now, the carriers, they're going to they're gonna hire. We're in, an econ- we're in an economy right now that's below 4% in, in employment, okay, unemployment. It's, it's a worker's environment. We should be making the phone call. We should be making the employer pay us, not the other way around. Hey, I'd like to jump in here. I like to jump in. Hold on, everybody. I'd like, I like to jump in here. Jerry, Jerry, I'm an owner-operator of the Mountain Authority. Hold on a second, Jerry. Tim, did you finish your thoughts here? Yeah, I did. I'm just saying that we should place... We, we, I'm a free market guy. We don't need the government. Well, we absolutely, we absolutely, we absolutely don't need the government. That's the whole point right. of it, Tim, that we don't okay. need the All government right. to step in with a new regulation preempting state labor laws to say what the carriers are obligated to pay and what they're not. Okay, that's the that's point of the. That's the point of the whole of the whole show of the whole movement is to say no to the Denim Amendment. The federal government has no reason to get their nose into the wages of no professional drivers. Okay, that's the they're whole idea. To, they're trying to, then they're trying to disrupt commerce. Is what they're trying to do. They're trying that's to they slow down to do. the economy. That's what they're right. trying that to do. The ATA, the ATA wants this bill passed because they don't want to pay these poor guys the dang trick to go to these truck driving schools. They get our government money to let you sit at a dock for eight, nine, ten hours and don't pay you any money. I'm an owner operator just like you, but I haul heavy haul. I made $40,000 after fuel and bring home last month. That's besides the point. I understand about the free market, but guess what? Anybody can say what they want. Free market has not worked. If it has worked, why are we subsidizing these truck driving companies? If the government subsidizing these truck driving companies, they should be forced to pay these drivers for sitting at the dock. They should Absolutely. be getting paid hazardous. They should be getting paid hazardous duty pay. If you ask me for all the headaches with all the heavy traffic, the snow and the ice, all the dangers that we go through every day, they should be paid for that. It's no reason for a driver to be still getting paid 1978 wages. I can't agree with that. And the ADA, yeah. to me, is our worst enemy out here today. Oh, they are I agree 100%. Enemy. They, 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 they Anything that they sign on with, we need to be against. And see, they, they've, done, they've done gotten into Donald Trump's ear, and he, he, he is right. not looking at the real guys, me and you and everybody else. He he's not listening to us, okay? And right. who's our voice? Who's our voice? The problem is, the problem is when they had the eight when they had the ATA at the White House, 
They didn't have nobody from Nastic. They didn't have nobody from Wider. They didn't have nobody no. from the independent truck side that even say their point of view. You know why? You just right. say the foot point. The ATA whispered in their ear in the head of time, say, don't include those guys. They don't know what they're talking about. That's how they put right. their agenda across. This is how they are fooling these congressmen and senators. And the congressmen and senators, they don't even actually even read these bills. Their interns is the ones that read the bills and tell them what they should sign off on and what they shouldn't sign off on. And that's why that we and that's why we have to call because you have to educate people of what this is really going to do, creating more federal law over how drivers are to be paid, and then if it is passed, the only thing that carriers would be obligated for is the miles people drive. They wouldn't care if you were at those docks for 24 hours. I My son drives for a carrier, and I, and, and I see how they rape him, man. They rape him, and yeah. he is not compensated. He, he, he runs per mile, and he'll run a load from the Midwest to Florida, and I know good and damn well that refrigerated carrier is making five or $6,000 on that load, and he should be making $1,800 in wages, and he's not because he's running for $0.42 cents a mile, so he's making a $400 check on that load, and they are making a freaking killing because they're running for $4 a mile. That's the, that's the people that needs to be in check right now because he's going to go down to Lakeland, Florida, and he's going to sit at a public's warehouse for five or six hours to get unloaded, and he's not going to make a damn thing sitting there. You're, you're absolutely right. If this bill will go through, if this bill will go through what I can see happening is, is like what Jerry's father went through and my father went through. It's going to be picket lines. The label, we got to we got to realize as an industry, everything that the little stuff that we have now, it came on the back of the labor movement. It came on the back of the Teamsters, the ACL. I can't think of ACLU. Uh, what that other one is, that Jerry. It's not important, Michael, but you need to let Jerry get in. Y'all, you guys are carrying on, and Jerry tried to get hey, in. Hey, Pat. So, Pat, I'm con- I'm controlling the yes, board sir. here, so I'm I'm fixing okay. to pull. I'm fixing to pull. Uh, what they're talking about is very interesting. So you it know, is. It's my sh- yeah, it's my show. So I'm but, pulling. Uh, yeah, I'm pulling. I uh, want to comment too, but I yeah. want to let Jerry well, get in. So maybe I yeah, get. Okay, yeah. hold on. Well, I'll Jerry, cut, I'll cut you Jerry off now. I'm trying. Yeah, but. Jerry, you're uh, you're, uh, but, you're, uh, you're you're locked. You're locked. Okay, I'm turning everybody off. And uh, Jerry, come on in here. Jerry. Oh, you're kind of cutting up, cutting out. You got a good connection there. Oh, uh, you might have to call back, Jerry. Here, let me try it again. Let me just put you there. Oh, I think we, he keeps dropping off. See, that's the problem. Uh, yeah. Jerry, you just dropped off again, so uh, so call back and I'll get you on. Flip them on. Uh, so let me open up everybody's mic here because I just couldn't hear what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, well, about. I'm sorry about that. I'm not trying to cut nobody out, but what I'm trying to see is. Oh, no, hey. Remember listen, I know that the. We I, got right now. Go ahead, sir. I was just going to say Hello? I understand. Yeah, 
I'm just there's a little okay. delay going on. Yeah, there, there's like a two or three second delay here. We're on the radio here, so uh, <laughs> yeah. What I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is, yeah, no, I understand everybody's passion, and I appreciate it. This is a great show. I'm just sitting back enjoying it and everything. Everything, everything, everybody's saying is great. So, so I mean, no problem right. on that. But just sometimes that passion gets over, just gets going. I, I kind of got to take a little control there. We'll wait for Jerry to come back and uh, pop up here, and I'll get him on. But, but Michael, go ahead. Right. Finish your thoughts. Everybody's mic's open. Right. What I'm saying is the unions, we got to remember, even though we don't have unions, they ain't strong as they used to be. We got to remember, everything that we have as an industry came on the back. We didn't even have air ride seats to the union's fault for that. We didn't have air conditioning in the trucks to the union's fault for that. We On these jobs, people didn't have real workmen's comp to the union's fault for that. We have to remember that ATA only is trying to get their agenda across, to get their members paid. They don't give a care about none of us. And I can see picket lines going up back like it was in the 30s and the 40s, you know. And and right yep. now, I don't understand why our congressmen and senators, they won't talk to the, the people that these rules are actually affecting. They really believe that the ATA is the only one that has the authority yeah. and, and that knows yep. about trucking. Look look what they've done. Look what Chris Beer just done at the private uh Truckload Council in Orlando, Florida here two weeks ago. He talked about OIDA. OIDA said somebody from OIDA have threatened his family in the blow of the ATA building. Why is he trying to discredit OIDA? If you don't know if OIDA done that for sure, anybody could have said that and said it was a memo of OIDA. So you shouldn't go around slandering somebody's name if you don't know the truth or not. And I got a problem with well, that. Well, well, okay, I got I got Jerry back. Jerry, I got your mic open. Let's try your connection now. Okay, thank you, Alan. Uh, yeah. By the way, Tim, the fellow from Florida, I've been out here over 50 years. I run my own company. I negotiate on rates. I'm an open market advocate. But what you don't understand, I think you got it wrong from the beginning. What well, he gets it now, though. Will do? Yeah, he, well, he gets you know it now, but saying, go ahead. Oh, okay, well, you're going to go in and negotiate your own pay? Hey, I do that every day. You do, too. The Denim Amendment would pass a law that never ends what a driver, a company driver, be legally entitled to anything but his driving models. So the idea of a driver going and negotiating his own pay, he wouldn't be able to do it anymore. They're passing a law that he can't negotiate a full contract. So he's not. So he's not at liberty to go to another trucking company and try to he get a could. job with a competing Wait. carrier. Wait a minute, Tim. When he goes to negotiate his pay, he's going to to a company. Well, I want fifty cents a mile and thirty-five dollars an hour, just like we do as owner operators. Okay. I want this much for the load, so on and so forth. Right. A company driver right. would only. The law would be the only thing that he can negotiate is his miles. The Denim Amendment, if it were to pass, he could not, a carrier could not legally pay him for his time. That would so be the taken off the table. Be, so basically this, this Denim Act would be forcing carriers 
to have a cap on their pay. No, no, but no, 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 not a cap, an exemption. They would no longer have to listen close now. They would Jerry, no longer you're have you're, to. You're, Jerry, you're wrong. Jerry, you're wrong. No, wait a minute. Let me get my hand here a second. No, no, let me get this in here, Pat. I know what I'm talking about, Pat. Hold on a minute. Hold on a second. Go ahead, Jerry. And then, Pat, you can can debate that issue. If the Denim Amendment would pass, a carrier would no longer have to legally pay a driver for anything but his miles. Right. His detention That's... time and everything, they they would no longer have to legally. Now, if they felt like it because they're nice people, and we all know they are being facetious, they may throw them a few crumbs. That's why this is so important. Your idea of a driver mm-hmm. going in and negotiating his own contract, good idea. But if this law passed, the only thing he could negotiate would be his miles. No his mileage his pay. Hours. Right. Right. Okay, All right. Now, Pat, Jerry. you you don't agree with that? No. Jerry clarified himself, and Jerry is absolutely right. They are, we're establishing a standard here. We are saying mileage pay only. Now, you can exceed that minimum standard. Federal law establishes a minimum standard that normally the states can exceed. This takes away the state's ability to exceed the, the, the minimum standard federal law sets. Okay, that's one big problem here. Um, but Jerry's right. Um, right now, they all pay about the same. Look, they're predators. They're making $5 a mile and paying their driver next to nothing, and they get by with it because they all pay the same. If I quit one carrier and go to the next carrier, it's going to be the same. They are competing against each other. The only area they have to compete in is labor. So we say don't haul cheap freight. Well, you know what? Cheap freight depends on the labor cost. And as long as the carriers are paying cheap labor, we are going to have cheap freight. Trucks cost about the same. Insurance is about the same. Diesel's about the same. Tires, everything's about the same. So the only wiggle room they have is with their labor costs. So locking this denim in, mileage pay, I laid the math out. 725 an hour divided by 50 miles an hour is 14 and a half cents a mile, guys. Okay, if you look at the uh, 307G piecework section, and I need clarification on this, but everything I read in there indicates that a piecework should be earning at least 1.5 times the amount of an hourly worker doing the same job. Okay, so if an hourly truck driver is making 725, that means a piece worker truck driver should be making 1087. Divide that by 50 miles an hour, 21 cents a mile. Right now they can say, oh, they're paid an excessive minimum wage. That's what they're okay, saying but- right here. Lock in piece work wages. They're all making more than that, anyways. The math, the numbers are skewed. So are you saying that the 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 big carriers are behind this? 
because they want to, oh, they right. want to stop. That's okay. who the ATA so, is. That's who the ATA is. It's the big carriers. The ATA is the big carriers. Well, to me, I think a solution would be, okay, I think, because, see, I think a solution would be in a free market system, okay, you're, you're at liberty to work who you want to work for, and you're not forced to. The drivers, the drivers need to stand up and say, we've had enough of this. We're not going to do it anymore. Okay, but that's they, what we're doing today. You can't get them drivers. You can't get them drivers to stand up. The drivers today don't have enough backbone to break an egg. I'm gonna tell see, you. See now, see you. You hit I'm a key point. You, you hit a key point. This generation of driver is not the generation of driver we had when I started. And they know that's that. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm that generation of driver. I'm ready right now to go up there to Washington and get together. We got to make sure. There ain't no women protests and no abortion things going on. Make sure everybody is there. All of the Senate and all the Congress are back in Washington. We need to set it up. And we need to go out there and speak our minds. If we can get the local media, that's good. We can get them. If we can get some national media, that would be good, too. If they don't, oh, well, but at least we are putting up a fight. That's all that matters. We got to get out there, take the time, and go do what we have to do. Because I and we have to go up against, and we have to go up against the ATA. Forget about the congressman, FMSCA. Right. They're nothing but whores. They're whores the for the billion. Wait a minute, they're whores for the billionaire class. This is exactly. the billionaire class against the peasants. So don't go right. complaining exactly to FMCA in the government. They're being bought off yeah. by the billionaire class. Our fight really is with, let me clarify this clearer so Tim will understand. Our fight is with the members of the ATA. The ATA right. is the big carriers. This is what my grandfathers right. and fathers went up against. They didn't go up against the ICC. They stood together and kicked the front door down of corporate America. Exactly. And that's how, by the way, Tim, when you say the free market, the free market is never more free than when a worker has some backing and rights to negotiate fairly. And see, that's the reason I became an owner-operator is this very thing. That's what I was trying to get a grasp on is who was behind this. Now that I understand who's behind this, this was the very defiance that drove me to be where I'm at today. Right. And the key word here is defiance. Yeah. Tim, I'm with you. I'm with my own authority. There's a reason I didn't go back to a carrier. I can name my job in this business. You know, even with the union thing, you think that that's not free market? It is free market. It's drivers putting a price tag on themselves, forming together, and sitting down with collective bargaining. I'll guarantee to this day, every UPS, ABF, and roadway driver, yellow roadway driver, has more freedom on the job than any non-union driver out here right now. I'll guarantee you that. You know that. My cousin drives for Jack Cooper. He hauled cars. He's a union guy. And he's making $126,000 a year. If he break down, he get on the clock at $35 and something an hour. Then he stay in a hotel every night, and he do the same freight that we do. He travel cross country, and he sleep in a hotel every night. 
And Mark <laughs> says, let me make this point. You say a driver's won't back up, they've got no backbone, this, that, and the other thing. That's because they have no backing. That's because they aren't standing on anything solid. I'll guarantee you, you tell an ABF driver tomorrow, uh, a local driver, well, you're going to go over that plant, and you're going to sit there three hours, and we're not going to pay you. Are you kidding me? He'd be all over them like, what on, uh, stick on you know what, because he has a backing. He is actually more free under a union contract than any non-union truck driver out here that's scared of his own shadow. And by the way, why does why is he that free? Because he has rules and regulations that the employer and employee have negotiated together. Many people right. think yeah, under a union contract, you're, you're held back. You are not. You have freedom. You don't have that yeah, on a non-union here, job. The battle here is with irregular route carriers. Not your line haul companies, because they're set. They do they're, the same freight. They haul. You what you're not under, You what you're missing, Tim? They haul the same freight we do. They just do it in a relay. They get driver go 600 miles going to that terminal. He go take his. He go to the hotel, get his 10 hour break. That other driver coming on, jump in that truck and keep going. Actually, they move freight more efficient than we do. They do. I know, but it's, they're they're they not a the real regular route haul. carrier. They they might hold they the same freight, but they do it a different way. It's what I'm saying is, is they're not an irregular route carrier. They're home every night. They run a 250 mile or 300 mile out and back. They don't go from truck stop to shipper to different city. I'm saying what what they, what these carriers are doing. They're taking advantage of the irregular route guy. Okay, but the the thing the the one thing the one thing that we have in our advantage as that irregular route guy is a growing economy, and a growing economy demands workers, and workers are going to start depleting in the trucking industry because a lot of people that are out here was was out here because of the last 10 years of our, of our economy failing. Now they're going back to their jobs. The demand for truck drivers, the shortage is going to be real. It ain't real now, but it's going to be real. With the capacity as long as the... that's moving across this company, as long as the wages stay the way they are, it, it's going to because that's the one thing they don't want to address is the wages. They're talking about a five percent raise. Well, well, what's that? Two thousand dollars a year when when they're supposed to be making close to a hundred thousand. In order to come near what they should be paid per mile, it should be at least eighty cents a mile to make up for inflation from the eighties. So these little you know, measly. Uh, what was it that you were talking about today with the sign-on bonuses that the companies are are uh, offering now? Well, I mean, you said, well, that's a big scam. Well, yeah, I mean that that's been a scam for ages. I I put that in the Truth About Trucking book in 2000. That's been going on. You know, they they, they use these things to entice you. You know, three thousand, four thousand dollar sign-on bonus. The truth is, you just most of the time you just you just never give that. You never get that anyway. Uh, what I want to do now, we got about 30 minutes. What I want to do now, I want to bring in a caller from Arkansas who's been hanging on and let them have their say because we've kind of been all over the place here. And then I kind of want to wind down the show. <clears throat> I want to get back to everybody, Pat, Michael, Tim, Jerry, 
and our Arkansas caller here individually because I've just been sitting back listening to what everybody's saying. So then I have a question for each one of you individually as we wrap up the show here. And that question is going to be, going back to the Denim Amendment, <clears throat> what, what is the answer to the Denim Amendment? And uh, be thinking about that, and I want to get your thoughts on, <clears throat> uh, okay, so Denim Amendment's coming up to the Senate for vote this month possibly, maybe next month. So we've kind of been all over the place here. So, I'm, so the question for you when we come back is, what what is your answer to to defeat the Denim Amendment? But caller Arkansas area code four seven nine. Thanks for holding. Welcome to the show. We'll get you in here too. Thank you, sir. It's Les Willis. Um, just wanted to hey, say in hey, here. Did you guys say that? Uh, you haven't been able to identify in S1405 if Fisher has uh, put that language in. Yeah, did you yeah, find it? Did it make, wasn't it the, the science uh, Transportation Science Committee in the Senate? Isn't that where it was placed onto the uh, FAA bill for the Senate version? Did you find it? Because we couldn't find it. Um. I don't know. I think the, the last time I seen it, and uh, it's so hard to, to try and find it, but I think it was section was it fourteen five oh six? Hold on, let me mark like that, that down. Okay. Section. Oh no, because we were looking, we couldn't ever really confirm it. Okay. Uh, Do you have a link on that you can send us? Uh, yeah. But I think it was done in, wasn't it in June of 2017? Yeah. Uh, when that was attached, or they were trying, Fisher was trying to get that in there. Well, it, I, think it I was thought it was in there. Transportation Committee did, it was adopted by them, but wasn't it laid on the table uh, for inclusion? But I can't find where it was included. Okay, so you're saying it might not have gotten in. It may not have gotten in because I can't find anywhere in S1405 right. where that language has been put in. I do know that it was adopted by the, the um, transportation, the science. I can't remember the, the complete name, but it's three different things. But it's the Science Transportation Committee in the Senate. Um, yeah, let me see. which the name of that committee? i got to look it up. It's... Um uh, Commerce, Science, and Transportation you mean the, Committee. The, the That's Senate, what it is. The, the Senate Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee. Yes. Yes. That's okay. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, those are the people we have to target anyway, along with our senators, when we call up about denim. That's the exact committee we have yeah. to target. I think one so, thing that will probably help everybody out um, when when you're trying to to really look at the denim amendment. And the way it, it, it's the wording, and the reason it's being put in place is you have to be able to identify between interstate and interstate, and that's where the whole hang-up is. Just because a driver works within the state boundaries does not mean that that driver is an interstate driver. It all depends on what he's hauling, the origin of manufacture that's right. uh, of the product. And it goes by percentage of product, you know, what was manufactured inside of the state. Um, it, so 
that's the whole thing. You may have an interstate, you may have a driver that drives uh, just using the gentleman from Florida and his son. Your your son may drive from uh, Miami to Pensacola, Florida, and sit up there for 8, 10, 12 hours trying to get unloaded and then turn around and go back. Legally, the carrier has no obligation to pay your son for that 10 to 12 hours of him sitting up there. Right. Even exactly. if the state of Florida came in and passed a law that said he must be compensated for that time, the federal law would preempt the state law, and your your son has no legal standing, uh, even if he tried to be compensated or go after the carrier for compensation. So the Dale right. Amendment negates that. Even though your son drove intrastate, Still considered an interstate driver because right. of the commodity he is hauling and the origin of manufacture of the product that he is hauling. So that's the whole well, thing. It that's was, why it was it was, it was made in the state he delivered it in, right? If it, but, depending on the percentage of the manufacture of the product, how much was actually manufactured in the state of Florida? Gotcha. Right. Did, the, did the parts that he have come from India? Did they come from China? Yeah. How many of those right. parts were manufactured out of the state and put together inside the state of Florida? Gotcha. So say that your your son worked for a distribution company, and the distribution company has all of this product coming in from all over the United States and basically from all over the world, and they house this product. That driver cannot be designated as an interstate driver because he's he's. Well, you know, Pat brought up a a point. User. It, Pat brought up a point in the beginning of the show, and I don't know if you were on less or not. But if a driver yeah. hauls hauls uh, and drives uh, four four months. And just makes one load out of the state of, if you want to use Florida, out of the state of Florida, across the state line, he is now considered an interstate driver. That's, that's, also, Les that is right. Les is talking about that third aspect that I'm not up on. Les is absolutely yeah. right for what I've read, and he's confirming what I believe. Right. The origin of the load or the parts from the load. So if that load came in on a boat to the Miami Pier and then your son hauled it, that's an inter intercontinental load. Just because he touches it, he is now an interstate driver, intercontinental interstate driver, even though he never leaves the state of Florida. Okay, and like I say, there's there's other things that are kind of hidden away here. You go on, Les. You're, you're you're doing good, man. Hold on a second. I'm getting a lot of backup noise, but uh, at, okay, go ahead, Les. So if you look at the California port drivers of why California actually went in and adopted their state law, it was strictly by for the the port drivers because. They're actually going out and picking up these containers at these seaports and hauling them wherever they're going. Well, that guy has never gone outside of the state of California, but he's picking up product that came from out of country. So now he's an interstate driver. 
So he is mm-hmm. operating in interstate commerce. Therefore, the state labor laws doesn't even apply to this guy, even though he's never taken a load outside of the state of freaking California. Right. And so that's what this – the Denim Amendment would preempt all this and just put everybody in a hole. Okay. So, yeah. Did, we didn't hear what you said, Donna was speaking. absolutely correct in his first two comments. He is absolutely correct. And, Donna, you were absolutely incorrect correct in affirming what um, Pat said, but the third part that Pat was talking about is exactly what I'm saying, and that's the hoodwink language that Denim Amendment is trying to be put in for, so that these companies don't have to compensate these drivers for the time that they're working. So thank, you, thank you for letting right. me on, and, and I'll meet myself. Thank you. Thank oh, you, okay. Les. Thank you. Thanks, Les. Yeah, appreciate it, Les. Okay, look, the time's winding down. Oh, I lost Jerry again. Uh, getting a lot of background noise. So what I'm going to do, I'll just mute, mute you right there. But as we wind down here, uh, maybe Jerry will pop back up here. And Les, uh, Les if you want to hang on, too, I'll get your thoughts, too. Like I said, everything, we were just bouncing around, a lot of stuff going out. Everybody listening to the show can hear the passion about this. Tim, really glad you called in and you can uh, – uh, you know, we we kind of straighten things out. That, that, that's the whole purpose of what we've been trying to do. We're trying to say, listen, drivers, this this is what we believe is going to happen. This is really important. You got to, you know, we got to contact the congressman, con- contact the senators. We got to fight this thing, prevent it from being passed into a law. And we've seen that happen before with phone calls and everything. We we have we have seen that happen. So. Now that we've gone all over the place, we're winding down the show here. I want to go to each one of you and ask you, Pat, I'll start with you and everything. So what what do we do about the uh, the Denim Amendment? Pat, you're first. Okay. Well, first off, we the people are the government. We're a civilization of citizens. Okay, we're civilized. We use law, rules to govern our civilization. So we can't get upset with the government. The government represents we the people. Now, we drivers, we're letting we the people run all over us. Okay? They're they're only paying for distance traveled. They don't care the time involved. Now, they are imposing regulations upon us that limit our time. Like I said, back in the day, I could run a thousand miles a day, bam, 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 yeah. you know, unlimited mileage. But now it is it, with all the electronics, we're not going to get away from it. With all the electronics, my hands are tied. It's going to take me two days to run a thousand miles now, basically, right? So mm-hmm. that's fine. But I need to be able to afford to take two days to run a thousand miles. In, in other words. If if I'm going to be governed by the clock and paid by the piece, they at least need to fall in line with one another. I need to That's make right. two days' wages. Okay, Tim knows as an owner-operator, he's looking at the time on the load. Oh, it pays $10 a mile, but it's only 20 miles. It's got two days on it. I'm not going to touch it. The rate's good, but there's not, for the time involved, it's not worth touching. So time is relevant. The drivers today, 
they want more hours to work. They want detention. Get rid of the hours of service. Give us more time so we can produce more pieces. Okay. They've got this piecework what? mentality. Right. Well, what? that's just I'm, it. I'm, they want to work harder instead of uh, yeah. in, instead of getting paid for what what they do. Yeah, I want to go through each one. But the question is, what do we do about the Denim Amendment? Well, what are you going to do, Pat? What are you going to do? Well, we're going to fight it, of course. But I think we need to look down the road. They've been they've put up millions and millions of dollars over the last 18 years trying to get this type of legislation through. Or how long are the drivers going to put up with this? They're going to get bored with it and ignore it sooner or later, and the ATA is going to come out the winner. So what right. we need is to think in front of the ATA. When they get this through, what do we do next? we got to think well, just like we drive. we got to think three miles ahead of us. Okay, but we're we're to, you know you're saying that it's or you're already giving in that it's going to yeah. get passed. No, so you're going to do what everybody's doing, what we're all doing. We're going to call the committee, the senators, and yeah. um, uh, you know go to Washington, whatever it takes. Okay. Yeah, Head because uh, oops, go ahead. Let me get you back on. California. Say again. I say again, Pat. Ted Howe. Ted Howes is running against Denham in Southern California. Right. I don't We're promoting care what him. his politics are. But let's put that man in office. Let's kick Denham down the road. Let's send okay. a message. All we got to do is send $25. Let's, let's out-campaign fund the, the ATA. The ATA is the only reason Denham's in office. Let's kick Denham out and let's send every congressman a message by doing so. Yeah, okay. and that's that's exactly what we've been fighting for and trying trying to do. Uh, let me bring Michael up here. We'll go down the line as time winds down. Michael, uh, same question to you there. Glad you called in this, today. What 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 do we do about the Denim Amendment from your point of view? Well, my point of view is we need to call the senators, like you said, call the Senate side and subcommittee too, and I think. This summer, we need to protest in front of the ATA office in Washington, D.C. And then have, you know, a couple of us walk through the Senate and the Congressman and talk to them and let them know that they, they don't represent us and that we haven't give, been given a fast shake by them. And they're simply going to have to stand strong. If this goes through, I can see this going to the Supreme Court, going to have to decide on this, because I can't see drivers putting up, putting up with that. I think this is going to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, it's interesting and that you say I, that, because it's, the, be the, 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 it's interesting you say that, because the Denim Amendment has gone to the state Supreme Courts, and have been shot down. All, all the five previous times have been shot down, so it... And the, the Supreme Court wouldn't even hear the case. Yeah. They just said no. I mean, they just, looked at it and said it was ridiculous, right? Yeah, just use the what, the lower court's uh, decision. But, but your idea right. to, to your idea to get in front of the ATA is correct. But to to organize something like that is would be um, uh, a pretty pretty amazing thing to do. But. Well, I don't um, think it would be too hard if, if we can get ELD or me and a couple uh -huh. of the other uh, red, white, and blue, those organizations that had done the ELD protests, 
you know, we get ELDL meet red, white, and blue and get us get get together. You know, and get well, out there. Well, one thing, one thing, and get in front of them. And one thing that out. would, one thing that would do, to, um, Michael, is it would sure get the news out there, and they'd want to yep. know why. Why are you drivers protesting the American Trucking Association? And then they'd get attention. That's, I think, the real um, positive uh, aspect that would come out of something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to get the yeah. news, I right? Think, I think that would make, yep, that's right, get the news. I think that would make the senators and congressmen say, well, all these people saying that they don't, rep- they don't represent them, but what have we, be, what have we been doing? It'll make them rethink their policies, their way of thinking, is what I'm trying to say. And so yeah. maybe we need to call these organizations in and talk to them a lot more than what we have been doing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. That would be great. I see Jerry popped up too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would really hope to uh, see see that take place. Uh, Tim, back to you. Really glad you called in. Made it made it for a great show. Now that you've uh, kind of see where we're at and everything, what's your what's your final thoughts here as the show show winds down on this denim amendment thing? Well, now that I understand what the fight's all about, you know, the fight is is the little guy against the big guy. That's the bottom line. The big guy being the carriers, you know, and the ATA is a big organization. Um, There needs to be a a body. There needs to be a voice for the company guy out there, okay? Myself and the other gentlemen, the other owner-operators, we negotiate our pay, okay? If I I don't want to haul it for that, I don't haul it for that because I place a value on my time now. Especially right. with the ELD, and and that's where we're at here is what what the ATA is wanting to do as a body, they're wanting to they're wanting to pay us by the clock on an incentive based industry, okay? And right, they do right. Not collide together. Well, there you okay? go. They don't collide together. So we we first of all, you got to get a hold of your senator, and the apathy has got to go away. That's what they're counting on. They being our enemy, okay? They're counting on apathy. Because it's been consistent for the last 35 years, okay, across the board. The apathy has got to quit on our part first. We have to take the fight to them. The fight's in Washington, D.C., but the fight is against the ATA, okay? And, And as a body, as a collective group of drivers, they have to band together. Somehow, they need to get a voice, one voice. They need, or a handful of voices to get into the ears of the right people. That's what. That's the starting block. If this thing goes through, personally, I believe it's going to backfire. And I believe it's going to backfire because the economy's growing. And when the economy's growing like it is on precedented levels, what's going to happen is demand. And supply and demand is going to be in our favor. And when it's mm-hmm. in our favor, we get to call the shots. That's where I'm at on it. Okay. All right. Thank you. Sounds good. Well, we, we, we get the best callers, don't we? We do. We have a great show. We do. We get the best callers. Uh, Les and Jerry coming up. So let me get to Les here. Same question. Jerry will end the show with his thoughts. Les, the denim, denim Amendment, What? where do we go from here? Well, you just got to get on the phone to your, to your state senators and let them know that uh, you're against the Denim Amendment being included in the FAA bill. Um, that okay. it needs to be that language needs to be strong.
freaking out and it needs to go away. Um, we need to fight our asses off um, and get this thing uh, completely removed. And uh, it's interesting that uh, Denham's district actually voted 65% for Clinton uh, in the last election. So he's got an uphill battle to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold on a second. I hit the wrong uh, button. Go ahead. <laughs> It wouldn't make me nothing happier to see that guy completely gone. Also, please make note of the information, everybody, that uh, Alan and Donna puts out that shows the voting records of the Denim Amendment, the supporters of that, and vote them out of office. If you don't agree you with go. their political agenda, vote them out of office. I mean, you, you have a voice. Use it. A silent voice is never heard. Get on the phone. Shake the bushes. You know, draw these people out, expose these people for what they are, and um, that way everybody knows exactly what they are. You know, sheep's and wolves' clothing. I mean, it's it's just crazy. You know. Um, yeah. But well, everybody it, needs to burn those phones up. Get get a hold of your senators. Let them know if that uh, Fisher language gets uh, adopted in. You know, um, I'm going to be looking for it. I know Alan and Donna will be looking for it. Yep. And we need to have it put out there uh, so that everybody understands. And, you know, it's just uh, corporate America, um, once again, making their making their wages on the backs of drivers and not compensating these drivers for their, for their time. So everybody understands yep. we get we're ruled by the clock and paid by the mile. And that That's never right. Happens. That's right, exactly. All right, all right, let me get Jerry up here. We've got about 11, a little bit less than that, about eight or nine minutes here. Jerry, I guess you will wrap up the show along with all our other great callers and everything this evening. Where do we go from here on the Denim Amendment? Your thoughts? Yeah, and isn't there passion great? I love this. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, this is a great yeah. show. In, in a few minutes, I was coming across 212 in Montana, so back on 90 now. Here we go. You know, we're all talking about, and I believe he's right, Michael and I have talked about, Pat and I have talked about in the past, forget going up against the FMSA and the lawyers. They're just whores for the big... See, this is the billionaire class now against the peasants. You know, even the Bible, it's in Proverbs, where it gives instructions to the employers to treat their people equitably, or they will rise up in the fields and groan. I can't find mm-hmm. it, but it's in the Bible. No, I believe you. It God sounds very familiar. Us, yeah, God expects us to rise up and protest when we're treated unfairly. Now, how are we going to get there? You know what just popped into my mind? Uh, let's get a hold of some. Uh, thing, I used to do a little driving for gray, for gray Lines after Interstate closed up. Are there bus companies? Is there someone that knows how to organize Tours that could get us to Alexandria, Virginia. That's where their main headquarters are. I've been there on another issue. And you're right. How embarrassing would this be to the American Trucking Association if we could get cameras, even our own, and turn it over to the press? My God, what is this? Truck drivers are protesting the ATA? What's yeah. going on here? 
And I'm willing to bet we get Teamsters to help us there. Their headquarters is right across from the from the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. I've been there. What do you want to bet somebody was saying other groups? Well, reach out to the Teamsters. They don't want this either. So is it gray line? Is there some kind of people that organize tours that could kind of put together the fundamental? Then we'd figure out where to meet, where to come from, maybe a group from the southeast, northeast, whatever. Even arrange our rooms and everything for us, we'd have all that set up. And I bet you it wouldn't cost us that much per person. Then reach out to the teamsters. Reach out to Ida. Let's get busloads. Let's talk to, I don't know, who's some of the groups? You guys... Make around among ourselves. Oh, there's a ton of there's a there's a ton of groups. Well, the, you know, you're the second one now to to bring up that that idea tonight. And no, uh, third, I, third, Mike, Michael, Tim, and Jerry are all pointing at the ATA. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, what I'm going to do, and it only take thirty seconds, besides the phone calls and um, the committee, I have a letter I've written. And it's a very passionate letter, and it describes um, what drivers go through. It includes the hours of service and the paid by the mile and um, what the denim would mean to them and so forth. And what I do is I send it off to all the senators. So now they're getting a phone call and an email. And all you have to do is write that email one time and copy-paste and send it to each senator because it's your same heartfelt message. It's not like you have to change it up for each senator. And that's what I'm doing. So that if that helps anybody with an idea, um, you know, you can do that too. Okay, I'm done. All right. Hey, sounds good. Time is winding down. Been a great show. Pat, Michael, Tim, Les, everybody, great show. All the listeners online, thanks for joining us. Again, a special thanks to our special friend there in Mexico for listening in. And, uh, hey, great ideas, great thoughts. The main thing is this denim amendment is a direct assault against driver wages, future driver wages. That's what I believe. That's what I think. I think this is one of the most important issues facing drivers today in decades. I hope everybody joins us, follows us. Call your senators. Tell them no. Stop this thing in the Senate and protect your wages, and protect the wages for our future generation of truckers. Because we can't just, it can't just be me, me. We've got to think of them, too. That's just me, my thoughts. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Hey, we're going to end the show with a song by fellow trucker and singer-songwriter Tony Justice. Check him out at TonyJusticeMusic.com. We're going to play his song, Brothers of Highway, which he did with recording artist Aaron Tip- Tippin. And check it out again at TonyJusticeMusic.com. If you're going to be in Gats in August, Donna and I will be there also. Be glad, be, uh, be looking forward to meet you and talking with you and socializing and all that good stuff. Thanks again, everybody. A great show. Really, really appreciate it. I really enjoyed this evening. Be safe. Be careful out there. We will catch you next time on Ask the Trucker Live. You've been listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening.
diamonds on the windshield As heaven starts to cry And in his rearview mirror His angel waves goodbye She knows he's gonna go She knows he's one of them Brothers of the highway Children of the wind That Detroit diesel fire ship Goes blowing out again The pedal to the metal, tried out or run the ring. Another shot of truck stop coffee as I run in through his veins. This world turns on 18 wheels, thank God we can depend on brothers of the highway, children of the wind. That Detroit diesel fire ship goes blowing out again. Freedom's their best friend Brothers of the highway Children of the wind Carolina West Denver, Baton Rouge East of Pittsburgh Portland, South of San Diego Sail on, sail on Tallahassee, North of Boston Up to Bangor West Austin, coast to coast Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.